Everybody stand to your feet and give the Lord a praise if he's given you life today. Everybody on your feet. Is that as much life as you've got? The Bible said to ascribe to the Lord the glory that's due his name. I'm asking you, how good has God been to you? Get your praise up there and say, thank you for life, God. We miss Pastor John today. He's in Zimbabwe with Reinhard Monkey's ministry. But how many of you appreciate this team right here? Didn't they bring us today into the presence of God? Listen, I'm so enjoying my preaching here lately. I've been in this series, Aftershock, and one of my favorite things to talk about, Precious, is the Holy Spirit, because he has changed my life. I, I can't live without him. Pentecost in Acts was not a climactic ending, but it was a glorious beginning. And now we are experiencing the aftershocks of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I believe I have a word from heaven today. It, God deposited this in my spirit. And I tell you, this is going to be one of those Sundays. It may burn your wig off. Come on, somebody. But here's the deal. America needs revival. My country needs revival. Who can testify that America needs real revival? And so today I'm going to bring a word that I know is straight from heaven. As I said, I could hardly even get first service dismissed, but I don't know what's going to happen here today. But hear me in this room. I always stand for the reading of God's word. I know that may seem inappropriate to some, but this is where I honor God. I honor his word. His word is everything to me. So if you're ready, shout, I'm ready. 2 Kings 10, 26. Watch this now. They dragged out the sacred pillar and used it in the worship of Baal. What did they do? They burned it. Now catch this in verse 27. They smashed the sacred pillar and wrecked the temple. They did what? They wrecked the temple. They wrecked the temple of Baal converting it into a public toilet. Come on. As it remains today, poor Baal. But then look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't miss this. This is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. And he says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? That's a good place to say thank you. He lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. Don't you realize that your body is the temple? Somebody say temple. And then in verse 27 of 2 Kings 10, it says they smashed the pillar and wrecked the temple. I want to preach for a few minutes along these lines. Wreck this temple. God, have your way. Wreck this temple change my motivation change my heart change my desires wreck this temple that's a bold prayer can somebody declare that today wreck this temple wreck my agenda wreck this temple god's about to walk in here he's about to speak to you you came to get a word hallelujah Lord, we raise up our hands now and ask you to give us spirit ears and spirit eyes and a spirit heart to see, to hear, to receive 
everything you have for us. We've come today not, not, not satisfied with where we are. Our nation needs you and we need you. Our church needs you. So we say, Lord, wreck this temple in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord a praise in here right now. Come on. Tell your neighbor, say, wreck this temple, wreck this temple. The Bible said they smashed the sacred pillar of Baal and wrecked the temple of Baal. And then Paul decrees and declares this in 1 Corinthians. He says, he said, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Earlier this week, both of these passages Though both of these passages of scripture came absolutely alive in me and both revolve around a temple. One represents an adulterous temple of Baal in the Old Testament that was built in Israel when Israel had fallen away from God. And one represents here what Paul describes as this, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit dwelling places of God. Amazingly to me, as I studied this, I found in 1 Corinthians that the word used for temple here by Paul is translated the very holy of holies. It is where the very presence of God manifested in the Old Testament in a building made by man. God chose to let his presence be revealed, but only once a year and only to one man. But then Jesus came as a better mediator. Jesus came as a better high priest. Jesus came and made a way. And now we don't have to travel to Jerusalem once a year to try to find the presence of God. Paul said, no, 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 no more journeying to find the presence of God. He said, do you not know that now your body is a temple and it is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He said you are housing the very presence of God. He lives inside of you. That's why no weapon formed against you is able to prosper in Jesus' name. That doesn't mean it won't be formed. That just means when it's all said and done, you will have victory. That's why you gotta know that you are supernatural because it is the inner court in the inner man. We don't depend on a high priest that takes us to God one time a year. We are not excluded from the presence of God, but now Paul said you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God dwells in you. If you ever realize who you are, you're going to realize you are bad to the bone. Hallelujah. You are going to realize that you've got power and authority. So Paul describes it here and says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But then we look at our text in 2 Kings, and bear with me, I just want to lay a foundation for this message. The text revolves around the time in 2 King, when Kings when a man named Jehu had risen to rule over the northern kingdom. He was the new king, and the king before him was a king named Ahab. You might remember him. He was married to a woman named Jezebel. They were Baal worshipers. When, Abraham, when Ahab took the throne, it was 135 years after David's reign. 
and the kingdom had plunged into spiritual darkness like never before. The Bible describes it, and Jeremiah said, no king was more wicked than Ahab. Ahab was a spineless leader. He was dominated by his witch, Jezebel, this, this Baal-worshipping, idol-worshipping woman that he had married. And Ahab, as I said, he was a spineless leader. Make no mistake about it. Ahab may have wore the crown, but Jezebel wore the pants. Come on. Ahab may have seemed like he was in charge, but in reality, Jezebel was in charge. He ascends to the throne 135 years after David's reign, and Israel is now in an abyss and a cesspool of immorality. Jezebel is determined to stamp out every remembrance and drop of worship and passion for Jehovah. The temple, the temple dedicated to Jehovah has been replaced with a temple dedicated to Baal and his celestial consort, consort Ashtoreth. Baal is considered to be the god of the earth. The people believed that he owned the earth and all that was in it, the cattle and the flocks and every living thing. But the people were sadly mistaken because the Bible said in Psalms 24 that the earth is the Lord's and everything in the world and all who live in it. Let me tell you something. Don't get it bent. God owns everything. Everything belongs to God. About the moment you think you own something, he'll show you you don't own anything. The Bible said, naked I came into this world and naked I'm gonna leave it. Hear me in this room. I don't know anybody that takes their houses, their lands, their monies, whatever they have. You can bury a car with them, but the car still doesn't go. Let me tell you, when you leave this place, you'll know I really never owned anything. I just used it for a while. And here, here, here they are worshiping this Baal that they believed who owned everything. And then Baal had a consort that, that, that he was connected to in their mythology of worship. Ashtoreth was a goddess of fertility. And the worship revolved around demon-possessed priests and temple prostitutions. And, and I'm even embarrassed to say orgies on the altar. And the priest would cut themselves. The followers of Baal would cut themselves trying to entreat Baal to hear them, trying to entreat Baal to respond to them. And even today, we see young people cutting themselves. They're trying to bleed in desperation to ease their pain. They're bleeding and cutting themselves. And here in the Old Testament, we find out there's really nothing new under the sun. Here these worshipers of Baal are trying to cut themselves to get Baal to hear them. But I'm so glad that even though they felt like they had to bleed for their God, I've never had to bleed for my God. My God bled for me. Oh, where are y'all at today? I never had to bleed for him. He bled for me. I never had to shed my blood for him. He shed his blood for me. I'm thankful for that. Now, here they are in this situation. They even sacrificed their own children. They're worshiping this 
dark deity named Baal and then Ashtoreth and, and Jezebel, this witch had masterminded this dark descent into adultery and immorality and the people forsook God. But hear me, before they ever forsook God on the outside, they forsook God on the inside. See, people always abandon God first in their hearts. I've watched folks come to church. I've watched them be faithful to church and then over time they sit right in church and they move away from God. They sit right in church and their heart gets cold. They sit right in church and they lose their worship and they lose their wonder for God. I've watched people sit right in church and lose out with God because their heart turns cold. Never let my heart get cold toward you God. Never let me lose my wonder. Never let me fall out of love with you Lord. Can I get a witness in the house oh I need him I need him I need him they fell out of love with Jehovah and they stopped trusting him Jezebel's name if you define it or transliterate it it literally means this it means married to Baal it means I am married to Baal and here Jezebel is they that she had led this this movement of turning people away from Jehovah and she had led the folks to worshiping Baal and these people had divorced God and married Baal. They had divorced Jehovah and married Baal. The only problem was God never divorced them. <laughs> They had turned their back on God, but God never turned his back on them. They got through with God, but God never got through with them. They didn't want God, but God still wanted them. They didn't desire God, but God still desired them. They said, God, we're going to divorce you, and God said, no, you're not. They said, God, I'm turning my back on you, and God, God got right in front of them. When they turned their back, he came right around and got right in front of them. I'm glad for a God that won't let me leave him even when I want to. Oh, I wish I could talk to real people in the house. Is there anybody here today you can say thank God that even when I tried to leave him, he wouldn't let me get so far away that he didn't keep some kind of connection to me. I've tried to divorce him. I've tried to walk away from him. Maybe you never have, but I have. I've had seasons in my life when I wanted to get done with him, but when I got done with him, he never got done with me. I dare you to give him praise if you're glad he never got done with you oh Jesus 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 see Isaiah said it like this can a mother forget a, a baby at her breast and have no compassion for the child she has born though she may forget I will never forget you never look I have written your name on the back of my hand anybody glad for a God that won't get done with you even when you try to get done with him a God that wouldn't let you leave him even when you tried see I'm only here today because he never gave up on me I'm only preaching today because he never gave up on me I'm only standing in the room today because even when I tried to go crazy and I tried to lose my mind and I thought I might make a way and get away from him he said you ain't going nowhere the people said God we're done with you but God 
God said, no way, Jose. I still got a plan for your life. I still got a plan for your nation. I'm going to stay with you, and you're going to stay with me. You can sit out there and be cute if you want to, but there's been seasons in your life where you were falling away from God, where you weren't what you needed to be, but God kept his connection to you. Oh. Paul said it like this. Paul said the love of God constrains us. Get a hold of that. Paul didn't say my love for God constrains us. He said it is God's love for me that constrains me. My love is up and down. My love runs hot and cold. I can love you one minute and not want nothing to do with you the next. Where are the real people at? I can love you one month and not want anything to do with you the next month. Because that's how Jim Rayleigh is. I wish I was better. Y'all pray for your weaker brother. Sometimes I get tired of folk and sick of issues and tired of dealing with the drama. But God, he's not that way. The Bible said the love of God constrains us. Paul said it ain't my love for me, from him that's kept me connected to him. It's his love for me. He said I've been tied to him. I tried to get away from him, but his love kept bringing me back. I dare somebody right now, give him praise if you're glad that his love has kept you in place. Oh, it had been your religion, hadn't been your good works, hadn't been your voice, your ability, your giftings. It's been the love of God that has constrained you and kept you in place. It is not my love for God that ties me to him. It is his relentless love for me. Somebody give God some praise for his relentless love. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I'm only here because he loves me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm only here. I would have given up a long time ago, but his love kept me connection, connected. Here Israel is, and they said, we're done with you. And God said, no, you're not. I won't let you get too far. You're not done with me. Here we are in the story, and Ahab is king. The people are in a cesspool of immorality. They're in the darkest place they've ever been in, 135 years after the, the reign of righteous David. Here is a man that has led them and his wife into so much darkness, so much unrighteousness. And I was amazed as I studied this thing out and I defined the name Ahab. If you, if you transliterate or define his name, his name means a brother. But if you trace the source of the Hebrew word, it means literally a resemblance. To me, a resemblance is not the real thing. It looks like something, but it's really not the real thing. In those dark days, hear me now, Ahab looked like he was king, but he wasn't king. He looked like he was in control, but he wasn't in control. Jezebel was in control. What, what was going on in, in those temples resembled some kind of perverted worship, but it wasn't worship. They had altars, but it wasn't worship. They had buildings, but it wasn't worship. They had emotions, but nothing about it was real. It looked like something, but it wasn't real. They had all the fineries, all the trappings of religion. They were singing, they were dancing, they were shouting, but it wasn't real. Hear me in this room today. How many churches 
gather and bring something before God that resembles worship, but it just ain't real. It just, it just ain't there. See, see, I, I'm at a place in my life where I can say, God, don't give me nothing if you're not going to give me the real thing. It's the real thing or nothing. See, we've got churches that gather now in America, and they bring something before God that resembles worship, but it's not true worship. I'm not trying to attack anybody, but we've got to get ourselves back to the presence and power and word and anointing of God. we got to get ourselves back to the truth. It's feel-good music, but uh, it's pretend. It, it's Pentecostal, and, and, and they have a dance that they practice in the bathroom, and if the worship hits just right, they want to be able to get their dance. I wish I could talk to somebody. They, they know how to shout, but it's pretend. They, they, it's imitation. Their hearts are far away from God. Their lives are so far away from God's presence and God's intent. It resembles something, but it has no power. It's cute but it has no power it dances but it has no power it shouts but it has no power it runs around the building but it has no power it dances on the stage but it has no power yeah yeah it's emotion but demons laugh at it it, 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 it it's noisy but demons ain't scared of it let me tell you you get real worship in the house and demons will start running out of the house because It'll change your life. I'm in a place where I can say it again. Give me the real thing or nothing. Tell your neighbor, give me the real thing or nothing. I can't go through your religious rituals anymore. I can't come in and just go through the motions anymore. I got to have a God that can change my life. I got to have a God that can put my family back together. I got to have something real. I can't have something manufactured. Give me the real thing or give me nothing. so many things we celebrate on earth are ignored in heaven so many things we think are all that on earth are ignored in heaven because God is looking for genuine God is looking for real God seeing his nation in this abyss this cesspool of immorality did not ignore them and leave them where they were uh, Aren't you glad for a God that won't leave you in a mess even if you make it? Oh, I, I got to move on. I said, aren't you glad for a God that won't leave you in a mess even when you make your own mess? That there's some, you've been trying, some of y'all, you've been trying to blame anybody and everybody but liar, liar, pants on fire. There are some messes we make and we make them ourselves. There are some situations we get into, we, we orchestrate it. You say, Pastor, I fell into sin. You didn't fall into sin. You built the diving board. You dug the swimming pool and you swan dive where y'all at. I know this is tough today, but I'm going to preach the truth. At some point, we got to get real in the house and say, God, give me an encounter with you that is genuine. It changes who I am and how I live. God didn't leave him in the mess. And I'm so glad that he didn't leave me in my messes. A new king rises up after the old king and his wife die a horrific death. You just read the, the story. It's incredible to read it. Jezebel finally is thrown out from an upper floor and she dies on the street and dogs eat her and lick her blood. 
She thought she was all that, but when it was all said and done, she found out the truth. Come on, somebody. This king rose up, a new king named Jehu. And when Jehu took command, hear me now, literally everything changed. He turned everything upside down. And if you read this amazing story, you'll find out that he had no mercy on those who worship Baal. He, he made it his very mission to cleanse Israel. That was his heart to see his nation come back to Jehovah. Now remember, Ahab names, names, name means an imitator, a resemblance, not the real thing. But when you define Jehu's name, his name is powerful. Jehu's name means Je Jehovah is he, the existing one. It was as if a man rose up, real and genuine, and God said, you've been following an imitation, but now it's time for the real thing. Tell your neighbor, I need the real thing. Even his name pointed everyone back to God, back to Jehovah. Jehovah means the existing one. Jehovah means the one who is real. Jehovah was declaring here, you've been acting crazy, but I'm still here. You lost your mind, but I'm still existing. I'm still real. You, you, you've been rejecting me, but I'm still here. You, 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 you've not wanted me or desired me, but I'm still here. You lost your worship, but I'm still here. You lost your purpose, but I'm still here. You lost your praise, but I'm still here. I'm still existing. I'm still real. Folks walked off and left you. Religious people forgot about you. Folks you used to depend on don't even know your name anymore. They don't even respond. But even when you get in a mess, God said you lost your way, but I'm, I'm still here. I'm still real. I'm about to take you into a new season. Come on, somebody. God stay with you even when you act crazy. God stays with you even when you lose your mind. God stays with you even when you lose your way. God will still. Some of you got children right now. You got family members right now. Don't you think for a moment that the Holy Spirit is not dealing with them? God stays with you. He stays after you. I dare somebody give God a praise right now if you're glad that he stays with us. Even when we doubt, he stays. Even when we quit worshiping, he stays. Even when we lose our way, he stays. Even when we misalign our priorities, he stays. And the enemy does not want somebody to know it in this room today, but God is still with you. He's still on your side. He'll still make a way right out of no way for you. Jehu ascends to the throne, comes to a place where there is pretend worship and true darkness with a pretend queen and a pretend queen worshiping in a pretend temple. Come on, it's all manufactured. He walks in to a kingdom that's had a pretend king and a pretend queen and a pretend temple where they brought pretend worship. And when he steps up, he says something profound. He comes into the temple of Baal, the temple of darkness, the temple of immorality, the temple of distance between Jehovah and his people. 
and Jehu steps up the real deal. He steps up and he says three words. He said, wreck this temple. He said, business as usual will not cut it anymore. He said, religion is not gonna do the job anymore. Wreck this temple, oh Jesus. He walks in and says, wreck this temple, I believe that I am preaching a prophetic word to our nation. We need to say wreck this temple. It's time for the church to get wrecked again. It's time for the house of God to get wrecked again. Religion won't do the job anymore. Make believe ministers won't work anymore. Pretend pastors leading counterfeit congregations can't do the job anymore. What America needs is a church that has some power in it, a church that has an encounter with God and we gotta say God wreck this temple. This religious will not suffice anymore. Wreck this temple. Going through the motions won't make it anymore. Wreck this temple. I was praying this week and I said God why don't you come to Calvary and why don't you wreck this temple. Give God a shout in here. I can't make it anymore. I can't make just religion anymore. I'm unsettled and unhappy with just getting by. My nation needs revival. And I'm gonna make somebody mad, but our answers will not come through social or political agenda until the church of the living God rises up with power from on high. America will not change. Wreck this temple. Tell your neighbor, wreck this temple. Huh. Wreck our churches. Wreck entire denominations. Wreck the assemblies of God. Wreck the church of God. Wreck the Baptist. Wreck the Kojic. Wreck the AME. Wreck this temple until we get ourselves together. I don't want to be a pretend preacher leading a counterfeit congregation. Baby, I want to read a, lead a congregation that operates in something that is so real that we change our city and change our communities. Tell your neighbor, wreck this temple. Wreck this temple. Wreck this temple. God was about to flip the script in, in Israel. And he was going to use a man named Jehu to do it. Anytime God is going to do something significant, he'll find a man. He'll find a woman, not a building. Come on, not a religious ideal. God uses people. And he found a radical man named Jehu. God was flipping the script for Israel. He was changing everything radically for that nation. But I want you to understand something. The nation did not change until the house of God changed. Help me, Holy Spirit. 
The nation never changed until the house of God changed. When things changed in the house of God, the nation changed. When the house of God got right, the nation got right. When the temple got right, the nation got right. God's got to start in his own house. God's got to start in the temple. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for new things. I don't want to go through the rudimentary rituals of religious activity anymore. There is something unsettling in my spirit that we come in and sit down in one condition and leave with the same condition. I worry about a church where anybody bound can't get free, where anybody in sexual sin or possessed or, or addicted can't get delivered. We gotta say, God, come in here and wreck this house, wreck this temple, because you'll never wreck the nation. You'll never change the nation till you change the church. Somebody say, wreck this temple. I don't want to survive, y'all. I don't want to lead a church that just gets by. Goodbye to getting by. Oh, Jesus. I'm saying goodbye to getting by. I'm saying goodbye to religion. I'm saying goodbye to survival. There is something in this season that is crying out in my soul. Greater glory is on the way. A new season is on the way. But it's got to wreck this temple. Jesus, wreck this temple, wreck this temple, wreck this temple, wreck this temple. We put up with imitation for too long. We've, we've had imitation too long. We don't even know when the real thing is in the house. We put up with imitation too long that when the real thing hits, we don't even know what it is. Our young people don't even know what it is, but see, God wants to wreck this temple. And let me tell you something, he will wreck it. God will come in and wreck it. He will wreck a service, he will wreck a church. He will wreck this temple until every moment is about him. He will wreck it until every song is about him. He will wreck it until every solo is about him. He will wreck it until every word is about him. He will wreck it until every sermon is about him. He will wreck it until the offering is about him, till the dance is about him, till the shout is about him. He will wreck it until the announcements are about him. He will, he will wreck it until every moment gives him glory, every second gives him praise. Here's what I want to say. God, come to Calvary Christian Center and wreck this Temple, somebody shout. Wreck our agenda. Wreck our service order. Wreck this temple till somebody's sick gets well. Wreck this temple until somebody's daughter gets delivered. Wreck this temple until a family gets put back together. Revival didn't hit the nation till the temple got wrecked. And let me tell you something. God is going to work in the church before he works in the nation. 
until we stop being black folk and white folk and Hispanic folk and Baptist folk and Methodist folk, y'all ain't saying nothing. Until we realize that there's an agenda greater than any social agenda that the enemy has, we need to rise up and say we are the people of God and we have the answer and his name is Jesus Christ. He's a sinner's savior. He's a way maker. He's a body healer. He's a family restorer. He's a mind blower. He's a crack deliverer. He's a child transformer. He's a new... He's a bridge over troubled waters. Let oh Jesus. I know I'm preaching differently than some of y'all have ever heard in your life. But see, hear me. Revival didn't hit the, the nation till it hit the house of God. God wouldn't do a new thing in Israel till the old thing was dead. Oh my, 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 my. God didn't bring a new way till the old way died. Listen closely. If it doesn't please him, let him dig, let him kill it. If it doesn't please him, let him let, 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 let him wreck it. Because write this down, God will wreck it before he will resurrect it. Let him wreck it. Are you listening? There are things we try to hold on to that God is trying to kill. Sometimes we have to let it go and just say, God, wreck it. Wreck our plans. Wreck our agenda. See, here's what you need to do. Stop trying to breathe life into something that God is trying to kill. Stop trying to resurrect that old relationship. Stop trying to resurrect that old season. I want it to be like it was. Listen, you don't need it like it was. God has a new season for you. Stop trying to resurrect a negative relationship. God tried to cut that out of your life because that wasn't the relationship that you needed. God saying today, let me wreck it. And if I wreck it, I'll resurrect it. If I wreck it, I'll put it back together again better than it was. How many of you are ready to say, God, wreck it. Wreck this temple. Wreck Calvary Christian Center. Wreck the church in America. Bring us revival. Turn us back to you. God had Jehu wreck the temple. I'm at a place and bear with me today. You know, I don't like this message. Come back next week. Maybe you'll like it better. But this is what you're going to get today. Come on. So sometimes you need to be a voice crying in the wilderness. Sometimes you need to not be constrained by what the enemy wants the agenda of the church to be. Hear me. He, this, this man, Jehu, he knew what it was going to take. It was going to take the wrecking of the temple. I'm at a place, honey, where if it's man-made, I don't want it. If it's man-designed, I don't want it. If it's devil-inspired, God wreck it. But let me make something very clear. The nation never changed until the house of God changed. And the house of God never changed until the people did. When God wrecks, he doesn't wreck a building. He's not wrecking this building. He wants to wreck the people in the building. I'm about to throw my shoe if at least I can't find one sanctified saint that will say amen. Just one. If I could find a couple sanctified saints in here. I know that sounds old-fashioned and we don't hear those kind of words anymore. But if I could find some sanctified saints who want to hear a sanctified word that will sanctify a nation, we might be able to have a revival that will plunder hell and populate heaven. 
You used to preach like this and people would shout. You used to preach like this and people would say, do it, God. But now you preach like this and people look at you like you lost your mind. But there is a calling back. There is a coming back. God is doing something new. Wreck this temple. Sit down. God doesn't, God doesn't wreck a facility. He wrecks a people. God doesn't transform a facility. He's not trying to tear this building down. He's trying to tear me down. He's not trying to wreck this building. He's trying to wreck my shallow thinking, my compromise. Now, Jehu, he was so deliberate about cleansing the nation. He drew all the Baal worshipers and the priests and the prostitutes who were polluting the land who had no intentions for righteousness. He drew them in and they thought that he was going to be the ultimate follower of Baal, but they did not know that somehow Jehu had gotten alone with Jehovah. They did not know that right in the middle of all that mess, God chose a man and a man heard the heart of the Lord. So they all came as Baal worshipers, their priests and their prostitutes. And every follower of Baal came. And you say, how long did it take to cleanse the nation? Did it take six months? Did it take a year? Did it take five years? Let me tell you what happened. He drew them all in. They all swore their allegiance to Baal. Now, this is radical. Don't get mad. This is what they did. And everyone who followed Baal was slain so that in one day, in one day, the nation went from following Baal into a national revival. See, when God gets ready and people get ready, God can change it in a day. God can change a son in a day. God can change a daughter in a day. God can change a family in a day. God can change a church in a day. Tell your neighbors, say, wreck this temple. Oh, hallelujah. In one day, things begin to turn around. I dare somebody to give God praise for a fast turnaround in our church, in our city, in our nation. The temple got wrecked. Somebody said, wreck this temple. The temple got wrecked and national revival took hold and the people were wrecked. God transformed the people. He changed their old ways. He changed their old habits. He pushed out their compromise. In one day, he wrecked their mindsets. He, 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 wrecked, he wrecked the way that they thought. He wrecked their agendas. Now, now remember, Paul, we gotta go back to our text. Paul makes an amazing statement. Paul wanted the people to know. Now remember, you no longer have to go to Jerusalem one time a year and find your way to the temple. He said, no, ye not. You are the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And see, here's what God is doing. We want him to wreck the house, but he's gonna wreck the person first. We need to become Jehu. We need to say, I can't coexist with it now. I can't live with the compromise now. I can't live with the shortcomings now. I can't live with the sin now. I'm going to come on down there and preach if y'all don't say amen. I can't live with the mess anymore. I can't live with the limitations anymore. I can't live with a compromised gospel anymore. I... 
I can't live with just getting by. Lord, come in and wreck this, this temple. Wreck this temple. I'm not just talking about this temple. God, wreck this temple. It's time to tell the Lord, wreck it, God. Wreck it, God. I'm your temple. Put your hand on your chest and say, I'm your temple. Say, wreck this temple. If it keeps me from you, wreck it. If it becomes more important than you, wreck it. If it tries to take your place, wreck it. If it's become an idol in my life, wreck it. If it tries to stop my praise, wreck it. If it keeps me out of the prayer closet, wreck it. If it takes holiness and Christ-likeness away from me, wreck it. If it pulls me from your cross, wreck it. If, it, if it's not best for me, wreck it. If it's a wrong agenda, wreck it. If it's a wrong relationship, if it's not what you want, if it's not what you desire, if it pulls me from you, somebody say wreck this temple. I need about a thousand people right now to give God a praise. If half of you, just half of you, not all of you, just a thousand of you, say wreck this temple. Somebody say, wreck this temple. Say, God, if it's not of you, wreck it. If it pulls me from you, wreck it. If it steals my praise, wreck it. If it robs my worship, wreck it. If it takes your glory, wreck this temple. Somebody give God a shout. Our problem is we want God to wreck everybody else's temple. Our problem is we want God to wreck everyone else's temple. We want him to deal with everybody else. We want him to deal with our neighbor. We want him to deal with the person down the street because I got it going on. But when are you going to say, God, if you're going to deal with anybody, deal with me. If you're going to wreck anybody, wreck this temple gone. Hear me in the house. We want God to wreck everybody else, but, but God needs to wreck us. Have you ever had times where, where you were, you'd be seated for a minute? Have you ever had times where, where you knew God was at work? You didn't understand what was going on, but God was only dealing with the old thing to get you ready for the new thing. God, God, God has alienated you from relationships because those relationships were going to keep you back. God, had, God has unfastened people from your life that are not necessary for your next season and you need to stop trying to reconnect with what God has disconnected you from. Jesus. You say, well, Pastor, I don't understand it. I thought God is a builder, but, but let me tell you, God, as I said, he will wreck it before he resurrects it. And I'm telling you, God is at work. But sometimes construction starts off looking like demolition. Tell your neighbor, did you hear the pastor? Say, neighbor, sometimes 
construction starts off looking like demolition. Oh, Jesus. And sometimes God, in his sovereignty, will begin to wreck things in your life. And you need to surrender and submit and say, God, wreck this temple. You've been trying to do a DIY. You've been trying to do it yourself. You've been trying to act like you are Chip Jones and Joanna Jones. And you're trying to act like your life is a fixer-upper. And you got to get it done. But at some point, you got to realize, tell your neighbor, this ain't a DIY. This ain't a do-it-yourself. You're the one that got yourself in the mess you're in anyway. So don't do it yourself. At some point, you got to rise up and say, God, wreck this temple wrecked it wrecked my agenda wrecked my plans wrecked my preconceived ideas wrecked my compromise wrecked my hard heart wrecked this temple wreck it God wreck it God wreck it God and hear me in the room when God if you'll hang in there even if it looks like you're being deconstructed, even if it looks like you're in a season of demolition, I've served the Lord long enough to know that if I will hang in there, that if I will stay with him, he will turn something ugly into something beautiful. Now, now, now remember, Ahab and Jezebel, they were the fake. They were the imitation. They were the resemblance, but Jehu, was the real. And there were those that were upset uh, when the temple of Baal was wrecked. But the Lord spoke this to me. And he said, some of you, I'm getting ready to close. Y'all bear with me. I'm trying. But there were those who were very upset who had followed the fake. And they were mad when the real manifested. And some of y'all have been connected to the fake. And when you get real, the fake folk in your life are going to get upset with you. When you say, I can't be clubbing and compromising. I can't be losing my mind. I can't be gossiping and talking about the pastor. I don't want talking about the church. And I can't be doubting and I can't be spouting. And I can't, yo, yo, where y'all at? I, yeah, there, there's behavior that's going to change. And see, fake folk will leave you alone. They'll get away from you. They'll get upset with you. But let me tell you something. The real always upsets the fake. Don't be surprised when the fake gets real. When, when you get real that the fake disconnect. But how many of you are ready to say whatever I gotta let go see you later alligator I got to have the real thing wreck this temple you gonna let that man shout by himself are you gonna let one man say glory are you gonna let one man get a word or are you going to say wreck this temple? Are you going to say wreck my agenda? Stand up everybody. I know I preached a word today and some of y'all never been in a house like this and heard a word like this. But tell your neighbor, say neighbor, you can just stand here. But I got three words for you. Three words. 
three words, three words, wreck this. Wreck it, y'all. Wreck it. Wreck it today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Wreck it right now. Wreck it this moment. Wreck it right now. Wreck a people so you can wreck a church. Wreck a church so you can wreck a nation. Watch this. God, wreck us so you can rebuild us. God will only wreck what he intends to rebuild. Now, whenever we allow God to wreck this temple, Satan will get mad and try to tear it down. What God has rebuilt. Who would be honest and say, I feel like I've had seasons of wrecking in my life. My God. But I have come with a word of hope. I've learned to submit to those times of wrecking. Because I know the resurrecting only comes after the wrecking. He will only rebuild us after he wrecks us. Because if he doesn't wreck us, you will never know. You, you will never know. You will never know that his plan was greater and his agenda was greater. Jehu comes in in desperation. Jehovah, the existing one. You lost your mind, but I'm still here. You lost your way, but I'm still here. And he wrecked the temple. But if you will submit, I have a prophetic word from Isaiah 49, 16. Your builders are faster than your wreckers. When God starts building it back and the enemy comes to tear it down, before the enemy can tear it down, God will build it back up Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, your builders are going to be faster than your records. Hey, if you submit to God, there'll come a day when the builder will overtake the wrecker. There'll come a day when you'll say, I'm glad I went through it. There'll come a day when you say, I'm glad you wrecked me. There'll come a day when I see you'll say, I'm glad I went through that. I'm glad she hurt me. I'm glad he left me. I'm glad you wrecked me. There'll come a day when you say, I'm glad you let me get wounded. I'll think that's the blessedness of possessing nothing, that it all belongs to God. And you say, God, wreck it. If it's not you, wreck it. Jesus. The demolition crews are gone for good. Look up. Look around. Look well. There's a momentum shift that happens after you let God wreck it. And the, I've lived it. And I still live it. Because we want God to get done with us when he will never get done with us. So he takes us through seasons, listen sir, that we don't understand. Because he wants to wreck our agenda 
so he can reveal something better. But where faith is, where faith is is when you say, God, I'm trusting you now. Wreck this temple. See, Satan will wreck you because he wants to destroy you. But God will wreck it and rebuild it back better than it was before. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. How many of you need God to do some things in your life? Come on. How many of you need God to move in your family? Come on. How many of you, how many of you need God to move in your finances? How many of you need God to move in your, in, in your life? Come on, raise your hands right now. Are you willing to have the faith to say, God, erect this temple? Are you willing to say, God, my agenda's to the side now. I don't want my way. I want your way. I want my children to serve the Lord. Wreck this temple, God. Wreck this temple, God. I feel this in my spirit. I, don't, I, I, I rarely do this. Usually, I've, I've about let you go by now. But God wants to do something. How many of you are radically seeking what God has for you next? Come on. How many of you are, letting, are willing to let him wreck this temple? Somebody put your hand on your chest and say, wreck this temple. Come on, say, wreck this temple, God. Wreck this temple. If you need him to wreck this temple, if you need something fresh from God, I'm not going to do an altar call today traditionally, but if you'll come, I want you to run right here right now. If you're willing to say, God, wreck this temple. Come on, God's about to walk in here. He's about to bring a new season to somebody. Some of you say, well, should I go? I usually don't know. You need to come today. This is not an altar call for salvation. This is an altar call that's saying, God, I'm surrendering every part of myself to you. I'm surrendering every agenda to you. Wreck this temple. If it doesn't glorify you, wreck this temple. If it doesn't give you praise, wreck this temple. If it doesn't get me closer to you, wreck this temple. If it robs me of my worship, wreck this temple. If it limits me in my prayer, life wreck this temple if it brings compromise in my life wreck this temple if it's holding me back from the next level wreck this temple if it's holding listen wreck this church god wreck calvary christian center god do a new thing in this house we need revival in our nation we need revival in america wreck the church god let the church cry out to you let the church rise with answers let the church rise with truth no more pretend pastors, no more counterfeit congregations. Wreck the temple. Now let me say this, and I'm, I'm going to let you worship. You say, I've never heard that. That's in the book. It's in the book. That's called a message in tongues right there. Here's the interpretation. For the Lord would say unto you that this very day, I am wrecking because I am resurrecting. I am wrecking the old ways. I am wrecking the old paths. I am wrecking the old things that you used to walk down and walk through to get to the old bondages. I'm wrecking old mindset. I'm wrecking depression. I'm wrecking limitation. I'm wrecking small thinking. I'm wrecking doubt. The Lord says unto you, I'm 
wrecking fear. I'm wrecking the temple because I long for my people. My people turn their back on me, but I never turn my back on them. My people have divorced me, but I am still here and I'm still real, says the Lord. I am wrecking the temple. If I wreck it, I'll resurrect it. If I wreck it, I'll bring it back better. Just have faith in me. Raise your hands and trust that I will do what I say I will do. Tell me to wreck the temple and I'll do the supernatural in your life. I'll manifest victory in your life. Declare it now, says the Lord. Wreck this temple. Wreck this temple. Somebody say that. Wreck this temple. Wreck this temple. Wreck it, God. Wreck Calvary. Wreck me. Now, I want to share with you, and we're going to worship, and I'm going to pray. Do you feel the Holy Ghost in here? Something happens, Jack, when we start surrendering. Something happens in a house when we start surrendering. Thousands of people here and online are surrendering right now. About two weeks ago, Courtney sat me down and she said, Dad, I got this song. I got this song. I want to sing this song to you. I said, sing, baby. And the whole song was wreck me. And, 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 and from this song, this message came. And if you'll sing this song from your very soul, I believe something's going to walk in your life that's going to unleash a brand new season. I'm calling revival to my nation. Come on, raise your hands. How many love America? I'm calling revival to my nation. Red, yellow, black, and white. I'm calling revival to my nation. Wreck this temple. Honey, sing that song you sang to me. Slip up your hands. You can sing it. It's very easy. That's when I'm living That's when I'm 
is chasing the spirit of give up out of this house. The Lord is chasing the spirit of quit out of this house. God said, I'm giving my people a new heart. I'm giving them a new desire. You don't settle anymore. You don't settle, young lady. It didn't go the way you thought it would go. It didn't happen the way you thought it would happen, but God ain't through and he ain't through with you. Hallelujah, I love when you wreck me. When was the last time you let him wreck you? When was the last time you let him wreck your agenda? When was the last time you cried in church? When was the last time you surrendered it all in church? We're gonna sing this again. I want Josh and Pastor Dawn to get up here real quick. Josh and Pastor Dawn, raise your hands and say it now. us right now. Come on and make it personal. He's wrecking me right now. 
we're going to do three things. Number one, we're going to pray for the next generation. We're going to declare that Satan cannot have our children. That there is going to be a revival in America among youth and young adults in the name of Jesus. Listen, they're full of compromise. But Josh, I'm going to pray that God wrecks young people at Calvary. I'm going to pray that he wrecks our youth ministry. I'm going to pray that he wrecks Bethune-Cookman University. I'm going to pray that he wrecks, come on, he wrecks Daytona State College. He wrecks Emory-Riddle. He wrecks our high schools. Somebody let the devil know you can't have our children. You can't have my daughters. You can't have my sons. Hallelujah. Declare it, son. Declare it. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, help me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we decree, declare, and proclaim. Revival comes, Lord, to Ormond Beach, God. We declare, Lord, that Daytona Beach, God, Lord, is a place, Lord, where you will break out revival for our young people, God. I pray from 12, Lord, to 30. God, I pray an earth-shaking move of God. Let this be an epicenter. God, we pray, Lord, that you put gifts of healing. Lord, we pray, Lord, you put words of wisdom and words of knowledge. God, we cry out God and we say this generation will know the power and the glory of God we declare that they'll lay hands on the sick and see them recover we declare God that they'll turn their school upside down Father Lord I speak now lunchroom revivals God I declare Lord in every hallway God I declare Lord on every basketball team God I declare Lord in the classroom let prayer rise let your power rise let a remnant Lord be revealed and let your glory come and we declare it to be so in Jesus name hallelujah somebody give the Lord praise we're going to do two more things don't get a mic and pray for America somebody right now this is our nation and the devil cannot have our nation we declare revival in America a turning back to God pray baby Father God, we lift up our nation. Come on, lift your voice and join with me this morning. Father God, we lift our voices and cry out for our nation, Lord, that we love so much. One nation under God. Father, this nation has always declared that you are number one, that you are in God. We trust you are over this nation. And Lord God, we are crying out and asking for a move of God in the earth, that the earth would see and know the splendor of your glory. God, that there would come an awakening across this nation of your glorious presence and awareness of who you are. Lord, that you would be a banner over this nation once again that all can see, that all can know that you and you alone are the way, the truth, and the life, that there is no other God before you. Lord God, we speak righteousness. We speak hope. We speak revival. We decree and declare it over this worshiper on this stage I pray that you will wreck our worship I pray that you will wreck our musicians I pray that they will no longer perform but they will worship 
God never inhabits a performance, but he inhabits praise. He shows up in worship. I call a new season of glory over this worship team. I call a new season of power over this worship team. I declare wrecking God. Wreck the stage before you wreck the house. Wreck the stage before you wreck the house. Wreck the choir. Wreck every musician. Wreck the stage before you wreck the house. My, 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 my. Now I want you to raise your hands because God is releasing something in this house that sounds like a new season to me. Who's ready for a new season? I said, who's ready for a new season? I said, who's ready for a new season? I want you to pray this prayer after me. And when we say amen, I believe that the wind of God is gonna blow in this house. I believe he's gonna blow stuff down and he's gonna build stuff up. He's gonna wreck things and he's gonna resurrect things. Do you have enough prayer to pray this after me? If you do, shout, I'm ready. So right now, pray, raise your hands and pray deeply. Pray right now, say in the name of Jesus. Say in the name of Jesus. Father, I'm asking you for a brand new season. I don't want anything in my life to keep me from the new thing that you're going to do. If it keeps me from you, wreck it. If it holds my attention, wreck it. If it costs me from worship, wreck it. If it stops me from praise, wreck it. I declare, wreck it, wreck it, so you can resurrect it. God, in Jesus' name, shout it out and say, in Jesus' name, I'm stepping into a new season. I'm stepping into a new season and I claim it now Amen Amen When you wrap me in your Holy Ghost fills me That's when I'm living That's when I'm living Your love's so Touch your neighbor's shoulder. I know service has gone long today. I think God is getting us ready for next Sunday night. We're going to have a fire night. And I, I talked to the Lord. I said, who you want me to bring? He said, bring me. Bring the Holy Ghost. I got all kind of pastors across the nation who want to come here. But the Lord said, 
If you'll just let me come in, Jim, I'll take care of it. So next Sunday night, it's going to be a fire night, and we're going to lay hands on people. Because, yes, we still believe in that. I think we've gotten, we've gotten too far away. It's time to come back. Don't say something significant. I'm going to let her say this to you. Because you don't want anything in the old to block the new that God's going to do. Honey, real quickly say that. Yes. When she was singing this song, Wreck Me, that's when I'm really living. We're not living when we're still full of junk. That's why we need him to wreck us. And I just felt really prompted just to lead you in this prayer. Because to hold on to bitterness, to hold on to hurt, to hold on to anger, to hold on to unforgiveness from people who have hurt us, will hinder us from his Holy Spirit. So that neighbor's shoulder and let's pray together. So I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Say, in the name of Jesus, Jesus. Father, with your help, help, I forgive, I I release, and I let go anyone who has ever hurt me. And I declare that by my forgiveness, I am being set free. And you can wreck me and rebuild me. Rebuild me. Now, in Jesus' name, somebody say, I'm free. Now listen, we're not going to close this service out. I'm going to try to get back to the back if you're visiting with us. If you want to stay around and worship, you can. How many of you feel like God came and spoke to us today? Even if service was a little longer, how many of you are glad to have a longer service? And it's not over. Our team is going to sing and worship. And I'm going to have uh, Pastor Jackie stay here. And if you need special prayer, Pastor Jackie, will you pray with people and anoint people? Somebody just give God a praise. Come on, give him praise. We love you. I can't wait.